Welcome back to another edition of Hipster Baseball Podcast, HBP number 112. I'm Dorian, and on today's podcast, we get rained out at City Field with the Atlanta Braves and New York Mets, watch baseball on the couch while eating popcorn, thanks to the military-industrial complex, look to the heavens with the LA Angels, and we watch Major League Baseball stop the Braves' big hat home run celebration. Instead of asking me what I'm drinking, I want to ask you, what the heck are you drinking? What are you drinking? Because you know I'm going to tell you what I'm drinking. I always post it online. I talk about it. That's interesting. I'm, I'm amazed that you're drinking Lipton iced tea. No, I'm joking. Anyways, I'm drinking a beer. It's called Psychopath. It's a barley wine, English style, from a good American local brewery called Evil Twin Brewing, New York City. In Dumbo, Brooklyn, New York. With you, let's have a drink together. It's very good. And I was asking myself, what the heck is barley wine? It's not, It's a beer, but it's called barley wine because, like all beer, this barley wine is made from barley, but the, but the alcohol content is more like a wine. And this one specifically is, Jesus, this is 11% alcohol by volume. <laughs> this is going to be a fun episode. <laughs> Just last week, we had Tim Boyle talking about true crime, talking about the New York Mets. And here we are again talking about crime, psychopath, this beer, pretty crazy name, and the New York Mets because, ladies and gentlemen, I had the honor to attend City Field on Friday, the 28th, April 28th, to see my Atlanta Braves play the New York Mets. Cheers to that. And I'm going to have a drink to that game because it was a very soggy, soggy game. <laughs> you know, I know. But the Mets and the Braves are the two best teams in the National League East. The Braves have the second best second best run differential in the National League with plus 43 run differential. The Mets, pretty average. They have a plus eight run differential. And the Braves are already, I think they have a three-game lead. Yeah, the Braves have a three-game lead over the Atlanta, the Atlanta Braves, over the New York Mets. And I was thinking, who in the world is going to pitch for the Mets this weekend? Because... It seems like every single pitcher on the New York Mets is injured Mark or, or suspended. Like Mark, Max Scherzer, he's suspended. He was suspended, what, for 10 games? And he's not going to pitch until Monday's game on the, on May 1st against the Braves. Justin Verlander, he made a start in the minor league. He's supposed, to reach, he's supposed to rejoin the team sometime next week. Carlos Carrasco, he's out till May. Shoulder shrug, we don't know because he has an elbow inflammation. Jacob DeGrom, he's out for maybe a week because of forearm tightness. Wait, what? Jacob DeGrom. <laughs> I'm just throwing that in there and making sure you're paying attention because you know Jacob DeGrom is no longer with the New York Mets. He's with the Texas Rangers. So the game, I go, it's raining all night. Even before you get there, it's already started drizzling. As you're getting off of the subway, I overhear some Mets fans saying, man, there's a lot of Braves fans here. And you know what there was, and I was proud of that. But you go to the you, when you get into the stadium, it's maybe a third full, maybe, and that's because there were so many people in the concourse because everyone was trying to avoid getting rained on. <laughs> it wasn't fun. I think I sat in the state in the seats for two or three innings, maybe, and it was just got too much because Max Fried was pitching for the Braves and. Who was it? Peterson was playing for the was pitching for the Mets, and he started off pretty good. But then I think it was in the top of the fourth or fifth inning, 
He gave up all four runs. Matt Olson, the Braves' first baseman, hit a long three-run home run. And it rained, it rained so much that after, they called it after five innings. And the Braves won 4 nothing. But it's almost as if you don't really enjoy the game because it's raining. You're in the concourse looking down at the field or watching the game on the screen. And I also didn't see Uncle Steve anywhere. I was, I was trying to look in the suite to see where Steve Cohen, the owner of the New York Mets, was potentially playing. And I'm kind of hoping that I would catch his eye and be like, hey, you, even though you're wearing an Atlanta Braves hat, come inside to the owner's suite. Of course, that was never going to happen. So City Field is still, I think, one of the best stadiums on the East Coast. The Braves won. Hooray. But I, I just feel like I didn't get my money's worth. It's, and it has, that has nothing to do with the New York Mets. It has nothing to do with the Atlanta Braves. It has nothing to do with Queens, New York. It's just the weather. And again, I keep saying all Major League Baseball teams should have roofs on their stadium. It's ridiculous that in 2023, we're not, we still have rain delays, rain outs, all this nonsense. This is baseball. This isn't football. In basketball, climate control. Ice hockey, climate control. With the exception of some NHL games are played in January and December in outdoor rink. Because it's supposed to be cold. There's supposed to be ice. But baseball has to have almost perfect weather conditions to play. It's ridiculous that these Stadiums in Boston and Chicago and New York, which are known to have bad weather, don't have roofs. Get a freaking roof. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about the food? All right, I'm, 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 I was going to get to the food at City Field because, you know, I'm always blowing up that City Field has the best food in the East Coast. Man, I walked all around the lower concourse and I'm like, man, where am I going to eat? Because you walked by Pig Beach Barbecue. You walked by... Pat Lafreda's, they have a filet mignon sandwich, ice cream, deli, everything. Your boy ended up getting a regular sausage <laughs> because I was pacing myself. I'm like, all right, I'm going to get this. And then maybe in a couple of innings, I'm going to go get something else. And then I'm going to finish off with some ice cream all while having a beer. And by the way, I did have a good local American beer at City Field. I had Montauk Brewing. I got the summer ale, the Montauk Brewing. But it's cold, it's raining, the game's over. And I was like, okay, time, time to leave. And so I didn't get a chance to order something from uh, Pig Beach Barbecue. And, there's, and they even had, I don't remember right now off the top of my head, this spicy chicken sandwich. It was literally right behind me. And I was like, oh, I was like, do I get it? Do I not? Maybe the game is going to start. Maybe it's not. The point is, I didn't get it. So I'm going to have to return to City Field to see some other New York Mets game. And I'm going to get there like an hour ahead, hour ahead and I'm going to eat like an animal. <laughs> because, again, just because I didn't get a chance to get all the ice cream and all the food that I had plans on getting, that doesn't mean that their food isn't any good. Again, I, I continuously pound the table and say the best baseball food on the East Coast is in New York at City Field. I'm going to have a drink. So as it's raining and there's, tar and there's tarp on the field, I'm wearing my Braves hat like I told you. Some joikoff. Walking by, obviously drunk. He goes and he goes, he comes by, he sees my hat and he goes, the Braves, you know, the F word. And I'm like, I look at him and I'm like, the guy's obviously drunk. And as a joke, I'm trying to like, trying to give him a fist pump or fist pound or whatever you call it. He keeps walking with his boys and he, and he again yells out, F the Braves. And I go, F you. I actually told, said that there was no fights. <laughs> Even though in New York, when you go to a baseball game in New York, that's one of the highlights. People getting physical. 
people getting knuckle in giving each other knuckle sandwiches, whether you're at Yankee Stadium or at City Field, which I find like it's not conducive towards <laughs> people that just want to go and watch the game. Nevertheless, there I, I, there was no fights, at least that I know of. I wasn't involved in any fights at the game in the concourse while I was wondering if I should get another beer, if I should get some food, and some jerk off. Go tell told he didn't tell me to go f myself. He said f the Braves. And like, look, am I getting insulted? No, I don't own the Braves. I am not the Atlanta Braves. I thought it was silly. I thought it was stupid because he was obviously drunk. I I told him to go f himself as well in a joking way, if that's even possible. <laughs> But nothing happened because he was drunk and stupid. But what did happen is the Atlanta Braves won after five innings. So cheers to that. The Saturday game with, between the Atlanta Braves and the, and the New York Mets at City Field canceled. It wasn't no excuse. It wasn't canceled. It's, gonna, it's, it's being rescheduled until August when the Braves are going to return to New York. And it's going to be part of a doubleheader. But you're not going to have to wait until August to see a picture of this phantom. What is this? Not That's not called phantom. Come on, man. It's called psychopath beer. Because I'm going to post this delicious barley wine drink on Instagram, which is Hipster Baseball Podcast, on Twitter, which is at HBP4040. And you can see it there. You can like it. And if you don't like it, if you don't want to see it, then that's fine with me, baby. I Believe me, it's fine. <laughs> you know what else is fine? Riding public transportation. A couple of weeks ago, I was riding the bus. Are you poor? On the bus, I saw an ad that said something like the inventor of the microwave was only paid $2 in 1947. And that made me think, is that true? I had never, I, I didn't ever even cross my mind to think who invented the microwave. Frankly, I didn't know and I didn't care. But it got me thinking. And apparently $2 in 1947, according to the inflationcalculation.com.org, whatever the heck website I looked at, $2 in 1947 translates to $27.83 in 2023. So the guy that invented the microwave, the guy who basically helped you heat your, your lunch or your dinner today, he was paid $27.83. And it made me think, does anyone sit on the couch and watch base and watches baseball while eating popcorn or some other some other snack? Because I know people sit on their couch or in their bed and they'll eat a snack popcorn to watch some streaming series like f1 drive to survive i think that major league baseball should have something like drive to, drive to survive or the golf one which i don't remember what's it called right now the golf one uh, whatever the heck it's called full swing and break point thank you to the hbp bullpen who's always on top of any questions I th i'm thinking about out loud on netflix major league baseball needs something like drive to survive and full swing and break point anyways so I looked it up again. Who the heck invented the microwave? This It was a gentleman by the name of Percy Spencer. He served with the United States Navy during World War I. Then after the war, he was the fourth employee of a company you may know called Raytheon Corporation. At that time, Raytheon was mastering the art of designing vacuum tubes, which is very important in 20th century technology. Raytheon, during World War II, was developing the radar. And so Spencer was working on this and he tested a magnetron, which is actually part of the radar system. When he was testing it, he actually had a candy bar in his pocket. And when they were experimenting with the magnetron, the chocolate bar melted in his pocket, which sounds disgusting and gross, but I'm sure his dry cleaner was a rich man. 
And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how America became fat. Eating melted chocolate bars. <laughs> but you know what? This has nothing to do with baseball, but I think it's still funny. Chocolate bar, melted chocolate bar is, I don't want to say a delicacy, but it is a known part of the Scottish palate in Scotland. They eat deep fried Mars bar. Let me repeat that if you don't know this. In Scotland, you can go to, like, just like here, you go to a brewery, you go to an, a chocolate shop. In Scotland, you go to a bakery in, here in the U.S., but in Scotland, you'll go to a place and you're like, hey, I want a deep fried Mars bar. And then they'll, they'll rip open a Mars bar, throw it in the fryer. Two minutes later, or 30 seconds later, they put it out, put it on a plate, and it's, here you go. I don't know how much it costs. Three pounds, let's say. I don't know. I forget. People... It looks like poo. It's disgusting. I was with someone who had one, and I was like, I'm not even tasting that. It looks gross. To be fair, it's still a Mars bar, but it looks disgusting. Anyways, we're not talking about Scotland and Mars bar and, and unhealthy eating habits. After Spencer melted his chocolate bar in his pocket, <laughs> while they were, they were trying to invent uh, the radar to help defeat Nazi Germany and Imperial Japan, the U.S. was trying to. And Raytheon was on the forefront of that. He's like, you know what? The very next day, he brought some popcorn to work. And he held the, 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 the kernels under the magnetron. And boom, just like that, Spencer, he invents popcorn. Microwave popcorn. Then after that, he's just, he, just being curious. He's like, what else is this magnetron going to do when I, when I use food under it? He microwaved an egg. Fast forward. Raytheon patented the invention of the microwave oven and gave Spencer those $2, those $27.83, which was the actually, apparently it was like the company policy for if any employee had a patent, they gave them $2. <laughs> so Raytheon tried to, they poured hundreds of thousands of dollars to make this a viable commercial thing. in 19, And so in 1947, that is when the first functioning microwave went to market. It cooked a potato in 30 seconds. The microwave in 1947 was seven feet tall. Like your current microwave is what? Like 18 inches tall, maybe? 18, 12 inches? Seven feet tall. <laughs> now you do those at 30 seconds. You, you, you just hit that a couple of times to like heat up your, your leftovers from last night. Back then, it took 20 minutes just to warm up the microwave <laughs> i have this image in my head this fantasy that the president of the united states at the time harry s truman watched the 19 where well, he couldn't watch but he he was listening to the radio broadcast of the 1948 world series between the boston braves and the cleveland indians eating popcorn from his seven feet tall microwave i highly doubt that that the white house had a, a seven foot tall microwave in 1948 but it's funny to think that so as you can imagine, technology advances, the, the microwave gets smaller and smaller and smaller until finally, in 1975, the microwave, microwaves outsell regular ovens. And that's how you are able to enjoy leftovers at the office or at home for your lunch or for your dinner. And today, fast forward to today, 2023, and just a few months ago, at the end of 2022, Raytheon won a contract with the Department of Defense for 1.2 billion dollars to deliver six national advanced surface-to-air missile system to help deliver to Ukraine because as you know the Russians illegally invaded the Ukraine we're helping Ukraine 
oust the imperialist Russians, but it takes a long time because it, these NASMs take two years to produce. And so the Department of Defense and Raytheon are trying to make that timeline shorter, again, to help the Ukraine get rid of those stupid imperialistic Russians. And it made me think that the Ukrainian defense minister, Oleski Reznikov, said that he first asked for Patriot systems when he visited the U.S. in August of 2021, before the, the czar Vladimir Putin decided to invade Russia, uh, invade Ukraine because the Ukrainians knew that the Russians wanted to invade. And Defense Minister Reznikov said he said possessing something like the Patriot system was a dream. But everyone told him in the U.S. at the time it was, quote, impossible. And it reminded me, there's a lot of reminding here in this podcast, even though we're, we're venturing off of baseball. We're going to get to back baseball in a few minutes, I promise you. There was an Israeli diplomat back in 1967 by the name of Abba Eban. Abba Eban. He said, quote, men and nations do act wisely when they have exhausted all the other possibilities, end quote. A lot of times that is misattributed to Winston Churchill. He didn't say that. It was actually Abba Eban. Finally, the U.S. said, we're going to help the Ukraine. We will send them Patriot systems because we're like, fine. We said no. It's an impossible. It's a dream. But then, yes. So back to baseball. When you're on the couch, when you're in bed, when you're at your desk and you're watching a baseball game or the news and you're eating popcorn, you can thank Percy Spencer and the Raytheon Corporation. Yes, you can thank the military industrial complex. How scary is that? Scary. <laughs> I'm going to have a drink. I don't know if Mr. Spencer was a baseball fan. He probably was because he was a good red-blooded American back in the first part of the 20th century. But I do know that I want to thank this week's podcast sponsor, Sundance Sparkler. It's the natural time for a Sundance with the sun up above in the sky. Introducing Sundance Sparkler, 100% natural fruit juices with just enough sparkling water. There's nothing else like it. And there's nothing else in it. Nothing added, nothing artificial. We didn't add a thing that's bad. You know, that's good. So it's the natural time for a Sundance. Even though I'm not drinking a Sundance sparkler, believe me, after I finish recording this, I am going to hydrate with a Sundance sparkler. And my favorite flavor is black cherry. I love it. I don't know why. I love black cherry with liquid. I don't know what it is. You know where black cherry isn't grown? California. Because normally California, they love to just flex their muscles and just tell everyone how they're, how they're the, I don't know, like the 10th largest economy in the world if they were their own country, that they do entertainment, that they do oranges and they do cannabis and all this nonsense. But they don't grow black cherries in California. But what, Cal what, what California does have is the L.A. Angels, or as I like to call them, the Tampa Bay Rays of the West. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> They're not the, 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 the L.A. Angels are not the Rays of the West. Every time I see an Angels game, I feel like Trout, Mike Trout, is the last batter, and he always makes an out. And I mean, and to be fair, this isn't, this isn't like he's done this 20 times. I think it's about three games. I think the last one that he was the last out was against the Seattle Mariners, and I believe it was in their first series against the Oakland Athletics. So why am I calling the Los Angeles Angels the Tampa Bay Rays of the West? 
because they have Hunter Renfro, former Tampa Bay Rays, and he's been good. His batting average is 270. He's had he's hit seven home runs in the first month of the season. He has more home runs than either Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Very impressive. The Los Angeles Angels also have Brett Phillips, another former Tampa Bay Ray. Unfortunately, Brett Phillips has barely played. I mean, he's only had nine at bats in this whole month of baseball, and he doesn't have a hit yet. You know, the Angels are, it's only a month, but they're already in third place. They have 14 wins, 13 losses. The run differential of the team, plus 17, good, above average. But what I'm not liking about the LA Angels is that it seems that almost every series, they have the pitching staff as a whole, pitching the starters and the relievers, have a ridiculous, ridiculous implosion at least once a series where they give up an insane amount of runs almost once a series. I'm going to give you an example. The Angels pitching staff gave up in one game 11 runs against the Seattle Mariners last month. In another series, they gave up 12 runs in a game against the Toronto Blue Jays. In another series, in one game, they gave up nine runs to the New York Yankees. Then, in another series, they gave up, in one game, 11 runs to the Kansas City Royals. Are you kidding me? Then, they gave up, in one game, 11 runs to the Oakland Athletics. I mean, who gives up 11 runs to the Athletics? Let's be... That's... That... That's incredible. That's incredibly bad is what it is. So that that's one of the reasons why you're 14 to 13. You're barely treading above 500. And this whole year in Anaheim, it's going to be, will Shohei Otani resign with the Angels? Blah, 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 blah. No. The answer is no. Shohei Otani wants to win. He wants to be in the playoffs. He wants to win championships. About six weeks ago, Shohei Otani helped Team Japan, Team Samurai, win the World Baseball Classic. And he was so happy because they really wanted to win that World Baseball Classic. Team Samurai, Team Japan, where they beat the U.S. in the final in Miami. And he goes from that high to, hey, we just gave up 11 runs to the Athletics. Like, are you kidding me? We gave up 11 runs to the Royals? We have these players who, underwhelming. And so, and you have this ownership issue with Artie Moreno, the owner of the LA Angels. About five months ago, he was like, I'm going to sell the team. Then he just turns around and says, psych, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to sell the team. Well, what the heck are you going to do, man? Because everything you've done since you've been owner, a lot of it has not been good. But to be fair, they've the Angels have tried to sign good players, but they've just blown up in their face. And you know this, you know those type of players, you know the players I'm talking about. But right now, Mike Trout, he signed a $426 million contract. He still has eight years left on that contract. The third baseman, Anthony Rendon, he signed a $245 million contract. Rendon still has four years left on that contract. Rendon right now, his batting average is 258. He has zero home runs. You remember how I told you Brett Phillips has yet to have a hit? He obviously doesn't have a home run. So... The man who's making $245 million, he has the same amount of home runs this season as Brett Phillips. And let me remind you that also, Anthony Rendon swung at a fan, talking about fights, trying to get into fights like in New York. Anthony Rendon tried to hit a fan the first week of the season, and he was suspended. I think he was suspended for like three or four games. 
So the Angels and Artie Moreno, they're already, they've, they've basically tied up almost $700 million to two players. Shohei Otani, one of the best pitchers on the planet, one of the best hitters on the planet, and in my, in my opinion, the best player in all of baseball, he's going to command a contract north of $400 million total, probably over eight years or so. Is Artie Moreno really going to commit to a billion dollars to just one, two, three players? Think about that. I just said that. Trout, $426 million total contract. Anthony Rendon, $245 million contract. Shohei Otani is going to command a $400 million contract. That is a billion dollars, over a billion dollars for three players. You're not, you wouldn't do that. And neither is Artie Moreno. I just don't see the Angels going to the playoffs this year. Again, again. So not only does their third baseman is not hitting for power at all. In the infield, you're looking at your first baseman and your third baseman to be your power guys. Right now, one of the first basemen for the Angels is former Cleveland Guardians, former New York Yankee, former Minnesota Twin, Gio Gio Urshela. But naturally, he's a third baseman, I think. He's pretty sure he's a third baseman. They're trying to teach him to play first base on the fly. And the games that I've seen of Urshela, very shaky. Very shaky at first base. I, I, I was like, are they putting Urshela at first base? It's supposed to be an easier, air quotes, easier position. It's not. He's not playing well defensively. Go look at his highlights. Go look at anything else. Go look at his metrics. Go listen to other podcasts that talk about metrics because I'm not going to do that here. With the bat, Urshela has a batting average of 297 and one home run. One home run. That is one more home run than Anthony Rendon. So your infield power guys have a combined one home run. And more or less, Rochella has been backing up the normal first baseman, Jake Lamb. Jake Lamb, his batting average, 211. 211. Your first baseman has a 211 batting average. The guy that Urshela is backing up. And Jake Lamb has, repeat after me, no home runs. No home runs just like Brett Phillips. No home runs just like Anthony Rendon. Is this the type of team that Shohei Otani wants to stay with in 2024, 2025, 2026, 27? You know damn well the answer to that. Will the Angels fans look to the skies and pray? Pray that the Angels make a deep, they somehow manage to get into the playoffs and they make a deep run to, say, the American League Championship Series because Shohei Otani needs to win. That's in his DNA. And I don't know what the heck is wrong with Mike Trout. I'm not saying that Mike Trout doesn't want to win, but I was a bit disappointed with him, what, three seasons ago when he signed that massive $400-plus million contract, 426 excuse me. I don't think Mike Trout is ever going to be in the playoffs again. One hundred, like honestly, if you ask me right now, is Mike Trout ever going to be in the playoffs? I'm like, no, he's never going to be in the playoffs again. Not as long as he plays with the Los Angeles Angels. Shohei Otani, he's not going to vote with this nonsense, and I 100% agree with him. I don't know where he's going to end up. Is he going to end up with the New York Mets? Is he going to end up with the Los Angeles Angels? But he doesn't need to be putting up with his nonsense of. Some of these players on this team, this is not, this is a, and the sad thing is that this roster of the LA Angels is actually better than they've had in the past few seasons, but it's still not going to get you back to the playoffs. And after all that depressing talk, <laughs> I'm going to have a drink. 
I want to close out this podcast with another segment of styling and profiling with Ric Flair. Fashion and sports. More bad news. Not coming out of L.A., but just coming out of Atlanta, coming out of New York. The National Football League used to be, they used to, people used to call the, the no fun league. I don't think anyone uses those things anymore. I think that Major League Baseball is the new no fun league. Because the Atlanta Braves, every time they would hit a home run, they were using an oversized hat that was given to them by some local Atlanta area sports memorabilia company called Sports. That's pretty odd. Sports something. Anyways, a local Atlanta memorabilia company produced this oversized hat and they gave it to both Ozzie Albies, the short, the second baseman of the Atlanta Braves, and A.J. Minter, the relief pitcher for the, one of the relief pitchers for the Atlanta Braves. So for the first month, the first three weeks, every time that one of the Braves players hit a home run, everyone would celebrate and then they would have the, the guy that hit the home run wear this ridiculously oversized hat. I mean, it was insane. Back in the 19th century, if you were like in the Southwest, they would say you were wearing a 10-gallon hat. It was just humongous. It wasn't a cowboy hat, but just a humongous hat. It was a blue hat that says the Braves on it. It was really funny because it made you look like a little kid, like you're wearing like your dad or grandpa's hat. But New Era complaint, New Era is a company that makes hats, and they are the, quote, official on-field hat, end quote, of Major League Baseball. They complained to New York and said, listen, Rob Manford, commissioner of Major League Baseball, this is some nonsense that these Atlanta Braves are having fun wearing a hat, an oversized, ridiculous hat that you can't buy anywhere, and only we can produce the hats that are worn on the field. Number one, I thought, the dugout is, is it technically the field in the dugout? I don't think so. But Major League Baseball saw the money and they were like, we're so sorry. They just got on their knees to New Era and said, please forgive us. We're going to ban the Atlanta Braves from wearing any hat that's not made by New Era. Big thumbs down to New York for dropping their pants and not standing up to New Era and saying, look, technically in the writing, let's go, let's go toe to toe with lawyers and say this. The dugout is not on the field. And if any of you saw the National Football League draft over the last couple of days, there were a lot of fans in Kansas City for the National Football League 2023 draft wearing oversized hats of their favorite team, the Philadelphia Eagles. I saw one, and I don't remember another team that I saw, but I certainly remember seeing Philadelphia Eagle fans with those humongous oversized hats, exactly the ones that Ozzie Albies and A.J. Minter were wearing and gave to everyone else the Atlanta Braves. So again, have fun, people. But New Era was like, this is a breach of contract. So Major League Baseball in New York, the, the home office in New York said, Atlanta Braves are having too much fun and you can't be wearing these illegal hats from your local sports memorabilia collector. Maybe I should look online if I can buy one of these oversized hats from sports to wear the next time I watch, try to watch the Atlanta Braves in New York and I can wear it. And I wouldn't even have to bring an umbrella or a raincoat to the to City Field because I would just be shielded from the sun or the rain with his humongous hat and tell Rob Manford, get out of here, get out of my face. I can do whatever I want because I'm not officially part of Major League Baseball. And with that, I just finished my last part of my beer, of this psychopath beer. Don't worry, I'm not going to do anything crazy. I'm going to do something very sensible because I'm going to thank some new listeners. We have a new listener from New York, from Mount Kisco, New York, and 
Speaking of Raytheon, radars, popcorn, and the evil imperialist Russians, we actually have one of their neighbors, a new listener from Vitebsk, Belarus. Vitebsk, Belarus. Thank you, Vitebsk, Belarus, for listening. And thank you to our regular listeners as well, because you know, I know, we're going to get back together next week when we have a new special guest for a brand new episode of Hipster Baseball Podcast, HBP. Goodbye. Goodbye.